Welcome to another episode of the Court of Capes, where your favorite judges discuss, rate, and rank hero content. Today, my guys, we are talking about Code Geass Season 2, Episodes 14 through 19, the second to last batch. But boys, let me tell you, this almost felt like a last batch. The way that this story was going, I mean, a lot was happening, am I right? Some crazy stuff went down. Some absolute crazy stuff went down. This, And we're going to talk about it. We're going to go into some details about some things, but we're going to be going wicked fast. We're going to be speaking like lightning, giving our thoughts, and just go brain power. Well, without, before we do that, let me introduce myself and my fellow judges. I am the Kingslayer, and let's go with... The Renegade, which isn't redacted. It is what it is. Uh, Judge Shelton. Alongside of me, we have your basic average girl. Uh, all right, all right. And Chaos Bringer, Judge Brown. Hey, let's do this. JC, where's the energy, man? Curtis, did you? <laughs> How's that? JC, let's get cracking. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> JC falling asleep on us already. I am not asleep. <laughs> How many times has JC fallen asleep on the court, Curtis? Oh, at least three. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh uh, yeah, I, it's so true though. Like, go back. Honestly, we got honestly not not enough times is the answer. We got enough. we got receipts. We we freaking got receipts for that. It, all right. It, it is the best storyline in the Court of Capes history. Yeah, so there are big fights between JC and I in the court. Uh, that That's the storyline we constantly end up having. And then there are JC falls asleep. Yep, yep. <laughs> Those yep. are the two arcs. Yeah, <laughs> two arcs. Yeah. Then our journey yeah, yeah. on the court. Both written by Ryan O'Brien. <laughs> yep, yep, our hero. Yes. Our, our, our old model. Our, our, our Da Vinci yeah. of, of the Court of Capes. Yeah, I would absolutely wear a shirt that just said, we stand Ryan O'Brien with Ryan O'Brien on it. Yes, that can be I our first love. <laughs> Even though the art style in that show wasn't the greatest. Was uh, not. <laughs> nope. But, but we love Ryan O'Brien. Anyways, without further ado, let me introduce hmm, the showman, the conqueror, Judge Cooper. You know, um, you better check the weather forecast, boys. It's getting a little cold out there. Ooh. And uh, you might Ooh. have to watch for snow. Snow low for Rolo. Snow low for Rolo. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> snow might be the color of his loyalty, but orange is the color <laughs> of my <laughs> loyalty. <laughs> Good stuff, that's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, real good stuff. Without further ado, uh, we are the Court of Capes, where you can find our podcast where we discuss rate and rate content. I uh, mostly hero stuff, but I don't know. We've talked about heroes. Like, who's the real hero of this story? I don't know. They, mm -hmm. they, they all, they all die. I mean, come on now. Um, well, let's just say I think his name starts with R and ends with Olo. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Oh, man. But you can find our content on Spotify and other podcast services around the globe, such as Google Podcasts and Anchor Podcasts. We also have some stuff on YouTube as well. Reaction trailers, stuff like that. Go give us a look because we drop old 
like jokes, running jokes that have been going on since the beginning. For years. For years. Keep yeah, up. You got like you got like eighty seven episodes to catch up on, so get to it. Get to it. But let us get to it with episode fourteen, Gios Hunt. Ooh, we going on a Gios Hunt, boys. Ooh. Let's start with a flashback to the year of our Lord nineteen ninety seven. So you know what this you know what this means? It means that like King Charles, King Chuck is roughly our age, probably like four or five years older, but around our age range. Yeah? Yes. Because yes. he, looked, he looks 20 or 30-something in 1997. Yeah, he did. I did not so put yeah. that together. JC, did you put that together? So, yeah, that's fun. So you're um, saying in 1997 he was in his early 20s. Oh yeah, that's true. That means that means he was that means he'd be twice <laughs> our age. Dang it, I was found out. Oh yeah, I was gonna be like, <laughs> I was gonna be like, I was like, what? I was like, what is Curtis saying? <laughs> well, did you know, JC, that in 1997 you were bored? I was bored in 97. <laughs> yes. But oh, I sorry, thought I was then. born in another year. Sorry, JC. 97. Sorry, JC. You are actually twenty-five. I'm a I'm a year older. <laughs> no. All right. Anyway, um, we kind of get to learn what uh, Charles V. Britannia's goals are, which is to kill God and smash the world of lies. Oh yes, I this wrote that down. Does not like lies. My gosh, no lies. Um, okay. So, um, we then go back to, um, Shirley's lifeless corpse. She on the ground, she dead, in pool of blood, and Rolo meets Lelouch, and he's like, she had a gun, Lelouch. She was going to reveal your identity to everyone. I had to eliminate Zero's enemies. Oof. And okay, okay. The way that Lelouch turns, like, and puts his mask, his proverbial mask, back on, and is like, "Of course, Rolo. Thank you for eliminating our enemies, or something to that effect." Like that. That was stone cold. Absolutely stone cold. And like, oh man, it. I do appreciate that they they talked about like kind of the death of Shirley immediately after. So yeah. Um, so then we bounce back. Um, we find out that Cornelia gave up her title just to, um, pursue knowledge to clear her sister's name. I'm just like, okay, Cornelia is kind of a ruin. Has she genocided people? Yes, she has. We must have that proper context. And genocide is bad. But Yes. <laughs> However... <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, so that's an interesting piece of information. Um, <laughs> then we... Uh, it's coming from the number one Esdeath fan, so... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that for what you will. <laughs> um, then we briefly get to see Shirley's funeral. And, alright, this is going to bring up a small gripe I have with season two. Season two packs so much in. 
and so many plot threads that you do not have time to process that you do not have time to process and i don't think they give shirley's death the proper respect deserves thank you agreed i totally wrote that down and i was just like what like i do not feel like and there are multiple times in this season where something happens i'm like you didn't give us enough time to process that like yeah what am i supposed to be doing here I think that is a very fair criticism of season two. I I totally agree. Like, if this show came out today, there would be some, like, it would be, like, on Netflix, and there would be, like, some 30-minute episodes, because it is just so painfully obvious that they did not have enough time to tell the story that they wanted to tell. Yeah, yeah. and, like, the anima- animation industry in general is just a meat grinder, especially in 2008 when I assume mm-hmm. it was even worse than it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you had to churn that stuff out fast and hard, and you made minimal money, and uh, that's bad. So, yeah. It, it, it was, like, so, like, the vast, like, whole story that they had for season one, and it was clear, and they were putting it together very well, and then season two comes around, and it's like they were given this deadline. It's like, oh, shoot, like, we got to rush this like crazy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. some of it is yeah. definitely seen. Absolutely. I wish right, we so, had more time to, to, to process Shirley in that funeral. Like, yeah, funeral like, scenes she are better. Cause the, the, the funeral scene for her father was like five minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the funeral scene was so much more. I mean, goodness. I mean, you can do a great funeral scene in a short amount of time. Yeah. You totally. really can. I mean, Naruto does one funeral scene that's like only like five or so minutes. Well, it's five minutes. And it was just like, it was so good. And Akami got killed. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, like, come on now. You can do it. It's just, I don't know. They were just wanting to get to the next thing. It was almost like Shirley's funeral was just a just a part of the story. Like, oh, this happened? Now next. Like a footnote. Yeah. All right. Um, and they also ruled Shirley's death a suicide, which is tragic. Um, yeah. So then we bounce back to a different scene, and C2 makes a very interesting comment. To Marion, who we know that she's talking to, we don't know if it's the same Marion that's Alusia's mom, but they definitely have the same name, so interesting. And she's mm-hmm. before she gets cut off, she says, "How long are you going to stay inside of?" Dot 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 dot. dot. Yes. Also, yeah. do you guys feel like the C two up until this point? There's obviously something that happens later. Do you not feel like the C two of the season's different? Hmm. Then season one. Yes. In what way? Just like she's way more like playful, less serious. The she was very serious. She was very serious for the most part in season one, except when it came to like Lelouch. Sometimes she would like mess. Yeah, with like him. she teased him. She yeah, teased she would him tease him, but she was she's way less serious now. I mean, and half the time she's literally sitting there eating pizza. Come yeah, on. but I think I think she's just more chill because she trusts Lelouch to like carry out what she wants. Maybe so. But whereas like I feel like she felt the need to like kind of push him along in season but one more. I wasn't it season one where she was literally taking his place and like helping him carry out his plan and all that stuff? Yeah. That really I it just seems like she's just well, she she felt like she needed to take a more active step. Yeah. More active steps. I but guess I just preferred right. season one C two over season two. Yeah, I don't really see a big enough difference to, like, think of them as two different characters. 
Okay. Yeah, I agree. I didn't really notice anything that sa- that seemed like out of character in between the seasons. Yeah, it didn't seem like it was out. Of- it just seemed different. I just wasn't really liking her character as much. When in season I one, mean, at season one, she, I was like, I stand for season C two. I was like, I love C two. She grew a lot in that year. <laughs> grew? Oh yeah. <laughs> Are you? Well, I mean, she had she had to take some time away. From Lelouch, you had to like go to the gym, work out, maybe like do some push-ups while looking at his picture. Yeah, something like that. Got super jacked, like Linton saw a therapist, got some <laughs> therapy, got like super emotionally intelligent. So like she's she's girl boss in it now. Yeah, girl boss in season two. She's like, I don't give a frick. You do what you want. I'm gonna do what I want. Good job on you, season two. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> We learned that Lelouch is going to wipe out the entire Order of Gios to avenge Shirley. Yup. Oh, man. That uh, was something else. Let's see. Um, we get a brief scene where Nanali is talking to Colin, so it's nice to see that some friendly people are talking to Colin because she's still captured. Um, then we go back to uh, Lelouch ordering a massacre of defenseless people, including children. Oof. Uh, and, um, yeah. yeah. All right, so I think, A, obviously, this is the darkest action Lelouch has taken in this show. Like, yeah. uh, this is him completely point, snapping. Yes. Up to this point, this is him completely snapping and making an emotionally charged decision, and it leads to, I mean, I'm going to call them innocent people. Like, sure, like, I'm sure some of the scientists were all, like, kind of, Pro like Britannian Nazi, but like a lot of these people were probably just trafficked there. So yeah, that's a good point. Like, mostly innocence, I would say. And I think if we're because we always t- like talking about the meta game here, um, I think that uh, in terms of overall actions and like in terms of like broad evil, I think that uh, Ein Zulgon. Season 3 Massacre is still number one for the darkest thing that we've ever seen. Because, like, he didn't care. Like, nope. he didn't even... He didn't want revenge. He just thought it would be cool to test out something to massacre, like, hundreds yeah, of thousands there were, people. Yeah, because there, yeah, there, no, there was no, like, personal vendetta that was a part of it. Yeah. Like, he was not slighted at all. Yeah. And so, that's number one, but I think this is number two. As death, um... For, for, like, for like, the darkest thing that, like a protagonist has done. That's fair. I can't think of anything else. It's really hard to call Lelouch a protagonist, even though he's like the main he character. He is the protagonist. I he's know. literally what? the protagonist. But he's doing like, such guess, dark things. Like, it's, he's it's just murdering people. Hero. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard yeah. to call him a hero. It's yeah. hard to call him a hero or like a cape under the Court of Capes moniker. But yeah. uh, he's definitely a protag. Yeah, okay. It's... Like, Light Yagami is the protagonist. Oh, yeah. goodness. Yeah. Doesn't make him a good person. Rest in peace. Um... But yeah, that, this is super dark and super tragic. <laughs> and you felt sorry for all the people. JC, don't come at me. <laughs> and then, um, Rolo's kind of talking to himself at this point. And uh, he's like, as long as I keep following my big brother, everything will be all right. This is a quote by my, my boy Rolo there. Mm-hmm. Um, Lelouch is also planning to blow Rolo up there. 
Yes. Because he, he planted an explosive device in his nightmare, and he's like, as soon as the right time comes, I'm going to blow his butt up and sacrifice him to Shirley to mm. avenge her. And to kill him. Hopefully kill V2 or like somehow do yeah. something to V2 because they're yes. immortal, but their immortalness <laughs> is like... Lelouch is like, you can't, you can't come back from being all sploding. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's basically it. He he's I like put that back together because he said they're immortal. It's like you're immortal. How do you kill them? And then he plans on blowing them up. Come on, Lelouch. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on, my guy. All right. So, um, uh, at some point, um, Jeremiah Gottwald, Orange Boy, appears, and Lelouch commands him to attack V two, who is piloting the little spinny top. And the way Orange Boy like responds fills me with so much joy because he proudly shouts out, "Yes, Your Majesty!" Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, "That's my guy right there, Orange Lord Boy. Love boy. him. Love everything that comes out of his mouth. He is oh, incredible." Yes. yes, Jeremiah is the best character. Ah, oh. love he, he's so good. Um, okay, so going back, we learned that uh, Rolo's heart stops every time he uses Geos, so he's like, so V2 calls him defective, a failed experiment. <laughs> yes. Um, so Rolo latches on to V2, and Lelouch is about to blow him up and hopefully kill V2, but at the last minute, Cornelia breaks free, rigs up this crazy gun setup with this um, Sutherland nightmare and shoots at V2, knocking off Rolo and saving it. Cornelia saved Rolo and added in a little chaos to the mix, much like JC does all the time. And then a couple scenes to finish off with. Um, Suzaku goes into the holding cell that's holding Colin. Colin is, I guess, was forced to wear a ridiculous-looking Britannian dress. I was about to ask, like, what's with her fit? Why do they do this? That is silly. Yeah. And also messed up. Yeah. Colin's been been through, like, the mud when it comes to fits. Like, yeah. They've yeah. really just thrown things on her. Both like, how about, how about we stop being so sexist, fam? Yeah, like, like, Colin is a great character on her own merit. We yeah. don't gotta be, like, we don't gotta be, like, ogling her every, like, five seconds. Yeah, I mean, she is yep. my number one, but come on now. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, okay, so Suzaku then is like, hey, you need to tell me if Lelouch is zero right now, and if you don't tell me, maybe this refrain just how intense this is because we know the background we do but suzaku Colin. didn't Ooh. Ooh. Meganus. and her response was just like <gasps> what yeah. we're friends yeah it's like no, crip. no it's <laughs> <laughs> so that was crazy yeah and that was the end of the app right well no the end of the app Lelouch faces Charles. Oh, but he shows up in the world because they, they yeah. get, 15 is when he really faces him. 
Yep, yep. Because like he's in his nightmare, like when they're raiding the Gios order, yeah. and uh, some little magical stuff happens, and yeah. he gets transported. Yeah, like that whole maybe he's got the force and changes the environment. I don't know. Goodness. Maybe. Don't know how he ended up there. Honestly, don't. But still, don't. Do you guys? Well, how he no. ended up there? Like, what oh. kind of power did he use? Like, JC. Uh, Gios power. Yeah. Gios power. Yeah, that's that's about all it. Like, it's a blanket statement, Gios. He he used some of the blue Gios. <laughs> <laughs> oh sure. goodness! All right. Um, I I we touched <laughs> on most of the things I had to say about this episode, but I liked the conversation between Jeremiah and V two. I thought that was interesting. Um. And, cool. and V2 said, you dare speak her name to me when he said Mariana. Mm. So I was like, whoa, okay, V2 has quite the connection with Mariana as well. He may be crushing on her. Ooh. Everybody loves Mariana. Who is this woman? Why was she so special? People are literally... Who are you? <laughs> I am you. <laughs> uh, but people are literally committing genocide for this woman. Yes. Bear. Wild. Man, a woman with such power. But, speaking of a woman, let's go to the Seas World. Even though Seas World. <laughs> All right, episode 15. All right, so Lelouch and Charles face off. And uh, Charles is like, how about you ask me what happened to your mom face to face like a man? And Lelouch is like, I'm not falling for that. So he uh, does some little explodey thing, which makes mirrors appear, and then he geosses Charles through the mirrors, which is a nifty little solution. That was cool. That was more nifty. That was dope. Like, like yeah. the fact that he had that in his nightmare ready to go. Yep, yep. And so uh, he commands Charles to die, and Charles shoots himself. And Luch is like, did I did I procure the bag? Did I win? <laughs> right. And let's see. Um, we cut away. Um, and Suzaku ultimately refuses to stoop to Lelouch's level because he realizes he's like literally commanding somebody to bend to his will, and you're, and he's like, ah, I can't do that. I'm not. I'm not Lulu. Uh. <laughs> Even though he was totally ready to be Lulu like five minutes ago. Um, let's see. Uh, Valetta and Ogi face off because basically there's suspicions about Ogi and like what he's hiding. So, um, I think Detard sends, um, let's see, Detard sends Sayuko to assassinate Ogi, and Valetta follows because she's meeting with Ogi because she escapes from the ship because Detard had her there somewhere. At least that's what that's how I understand it. I could be wrong, but the main point is Ogie and Valletta meet again and Ogie says, I couldn't stop myself from loving you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, ooh, this is one of the most underrated storylines from Gios, in my opinion. It love really this. is. I love it so much. Like, and he doesn't call her hits. I like how he doesn't call her Valletta either. Yep, he calls her Shigusa. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right, so cutting back. Um, C2 reveals her wish because Charles comes back and he's like, ha, you thought you had me, but uh, I'm immortal. And he, he allegedly stole V2's code, which we are led to believe kills V2 and gives Charles his powers. So he's like ascended beyond to like C2 and V2's level. So, uh, yeah, I guess he's Charles 2 now. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that would make him C2. I don't like that. He's yeah, just, no, he's just uh, Chucky Chuck. Chucky now. Chuck. <laughs> Chuck Chuck. Chuck Chuck. Um, and C2 reveals that she wishes to die. She wishes to end her cycle of suffering. And, um, yeah. She makes the really dark claim that there is no life unless there is death. Yes, there's no yeah. life without death. Um, but we cut away for a second, and Donnelly is helping out the Elevens in Area 11 because she, want, she wants to make sure that the current redevelopment plan doesn't adversely impact the Japanese, which is nice. Nice little uh, side thing to see like how Nanali's trying to run things. She is a pure soul. That she is. Yeah, she is. Uh, let's see. Then um, we find out what the origin of C2 is. And it's real dark. Because she had the power to make anybody fall in love with her. And when that Gios power went out of control, things did not go well. And the Gios acolyte, who was a nun, was tricking her the whole time and just wanted to die. And it's heavily implied that at the end, she attacked C2 and basically forced C2 to kill her and absorb her code. And thus end her cycle of suffering and to begin C2's cycle of suffering. Oh, I thought uh, I was kind of got the implication that C two just killed her because she just wished it, like she wanted it to happen. Maybe, but it it's implied that like the nun tricked her into doing it, oh, and C two then refused okay. to trick Lelouch into yeah. doing it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because like because like C bleeding, so like there was some kind of like there was some kind of confrontation. And I don't think C2 would have just attacked her outright. I think right. that the nun attacked her, and then she just pushed her. Because, like, there was blood coming out of, like, the nun's head. That was the only place it was coming out of. Yes. So she probably just pushed her really hard and didn't intend to kill her. Yeah. Uh, I would like to see that picture again, because I thought there was a dent from, like, I thought she hit her on the head. Maybe. Could be that, too. Um, so, yeah. What did you all think of that origin story? Uh, super dark, and it was just, like, really sad. Yeah, because, like, she started off as, like, a poor, like, slave girl. Yeah, it was, it yeah. was super-duper sad, and I was just like, oh man. Like, it, and it kind of explained why C2 is the way she is. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of, kind of, like, not really trusting of people, because that was kind of her whole thing, was that she made people love her. Yeah. Yeah. And so she, nobody ever truly like got to know her. But the whole thing, like all the whole her whole time with Lelouch is like her proving that 
maybe someone could love her for who she is and not use her Geox. Yeah, or at least even just accept her. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have any idea of how long she uh, has had her code? Mm, I think it, it's implied that it's been hundreds of years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that it's in like a painstaking amount of time. Did she say something about 300 years early on? I can't remember. Yeah, I don't recall. But, anyway. but that sounds about right. Yeah, so several hundreds of years. So I, I really wonder, do you, like, I, I guess I guess she kind of found that connection a little bit with Mao. Yeah, and that was kind of like her, like, pushing the cycle, though. And like we're like repeating the mistakes or like the darkness of her former acolyte, right? Pretty wild. Puts more things into context, I suppose. So here, here we go. Uh, is an immortal witch with uh, neither suffering from age nor capable of being killed by conventional means. She has been shot fatally a number of times, crushed by water pressure, burned at the stake. Before, my goodness. Burned at the stake. Well, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, placed on Iron Maiden, stabbed by a few spears, all which she recovered from, but still suffers from the pain. Ouch, just like Wolverine. Yeah. Dang. Oh, my goodness. However, the C's world longer no longer has its god, which we know because Big C, Big Daddy C. And what's left of it is the backup she has, and she can hey, die. Hey, 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 spoiler alert! Spoiler wait, alert! Wait, wait. Yeah, no, that's, that's getting into, like, no. the R3 movie. Yeah, but we already knew that they doesn't have a god, because that was what Big Daddy C said he did. Well, no, 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 he hasn't done that yet. He hasn't uh, done that yet. I thought he did. No! no. Uh, don't be dumb. That's a, that's a, that, that's... <laughs> That's a part of these last few episodes. Though. I mean, he was You're acting as if he did. Spoilers. No, right. Anyway. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> it's all good, Josh. Okay. Now you're good. Um, <laughs> and we right, said so, I have a bad memory. So Charles is about to kill C2, maybe. But then Lush saves her because he's like, uh, life is good. <laughs> life is good. And she's like, you know what? That's a fair counterpoint. See ya, big Chuck. Um, then we find out that Nina built a nuke. The freaking Nina. Yeah. You know what? She was simping. And sometimes <laughs> the dark side of simping is uh, you become the Oppenheimer of your time. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. One one of the possible outcomes. Simp responsibly, my friends. No. Nope. Simp responsibly. That 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 is the the true takeaway from this episode. Hundred percent. Of the Court of Capes. That is the message we are leaving with our people. Mm-hmm. And uh, the episode ends with uh, C2 and Lush returning, and uh, she lost her memory. And she has reverted back to the slave girl. Yeah, when she was a kiddo. Before she got the Gios. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. 
Um, all right. I didn't write too much about this episode that you hadn't covered already, other than when Suzaku told Nanali, you're the one person I'd never lie to. Mm. Okay. As, as he's lying to her. As he's lying uh. to her, yeah. Okay, come on. Um, I loved one of C2's quotes. She said, love without limit was love without meaning. Mm. Um, that's pretty wild to think of. Um, I don't... On a human perspective, that maybe makes sense. On a, on a, other other levels, that might be like, whoa, whoa, definitely some mm. philosophical conversation with that one. And when Big Daddy C was holding C two, I was so uncomfortable. Oh, ooh, yeah, uh, ooh, ooh. Uh, I was like, Pretty get your grubby hands off her! I will cut you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill you dead. I'll kill you dead. <laughs> I'll kill you. And i kill you dead. <laughs> All right. Episode 16. The United Federation of Nations. Resolution number one. Okay. So we're just going to, we're just going to hit some of these hot points. Oh, good. Kind of old, old style. And you guys might need to fill in some gaps for me. Oh, uh, okay. But we're just going to, we're going to hit the highlights here. Yeah. So, number one is that the United Federation of Nations is established with Zero bringing together basically half the world under his leadership, or under the leadership of, of, of some sort of, like, council, United Nations type of situation. Really, it's not really under his leadership. But, uh, and, and they're under his influence, we should say. And they come together, uh, and they pass a resolution with the help of uh, Lady Kagu Kaguya uh, and the uh, uh, Empress of Japan, and or uh, of of uh, China, you know, of China, China. China. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> and uh, they pass the United Federation of Nations resolution number one, so that uh, the Black Knights are the basically the only military force for half of the world. They're the entire uh, army conglomerated together for all of those nations, and their first order of business is to go forth and liberate Japan from Britannia. Wild. This has escalated very quickly. Yeah, where? Yeah. where? Okay, okay, I wrote this down. I said this. I said I was so focused on the stuff with C2 and all of the other things and, like, loose that was going on, I completely forgot that they were trying to build this whole thing. Yet, even though when it showed up, I wasn't like, oh, like, yeah, this makes so much sense. Where did it, like, this, this was, like, zero to 100. I feel like oh, there yeah. had to have been a build-up episode. We totally missed a whole <laughs> episode trying to build up, like, this exact moment. Oh, yeah. like, I feel like there should have been more politicking to get this oh, going. Yes. Oh, yeah. It just, this, like, happened. It just happened. We literally went from Lelouch being like, I hereby establish the United States of Japan in China. <laughs> and and they had one room as their, yep. yeah, we went as from, their territory. And now Lelouch has influence over half of the world. And we have a world war. Yes, that's literally what happens. Yeah. Goodness. Crazy. So, yeah, so the UFN is a thing now. Uh, on a much smaller scale, 
Uh, C2 tries pizza for the first time in this uh, new version of her memories. Yes. That pizza looks good. It looks stuffed crust. I don't know how their stuffed crust pizza looks so much like better. Oh. It's, it, hey, Pizza Hut. I this was it. a precious moment. That's a different kind of stuffed crust, though. It was a precious moment. It was. Have we seen the Pizza Hut logo this season? I can't recall. It. No, they must have no. pulled out. Yeah, they might have pulled out. <laughs> They're like, the Mr. Pizza Hut was like, oh, they done killed Yuffie. I'm out of here. <laughs> All right, now it's like, like, yeah, Mr. Hut. Mr. Hutt, first name pizza. Mr. Hutt saw the new season. He said, nah, fam. We're going to pull out of this one. You can have pizza, but this ain't it. Yep. Drawing the logos. Yeah, they was was not real low for real low. That's for sure. So (laughs) Good for them. They were on the right side of history. (laughs) Yeah, they were bolo for real no low for rollo no low for rollo put a bolo anyway. put a bolo out on rollo <laughs> so yeah so it was a really nice scene between lelouch and her and, and lelouch uh trying to establish to her that he is not going to hurt her they are going to be friends and and it's just very sweet yep but then moving on to hot point number three we have bismarck Waldstein. Now yep. this is a JC character. Number one, oh. the knight. Oh. Oh. If you could somehow like like fuse Bismarck Waldstein and Schneisel together, that, that encompasses the essence of who I am. The perfect JC. <laughs> JC's like I'm the ultimate mastermind and the <laughs> ultimate warrior. Like yes. the pinnacle yes. of both of those things. And he also happens to wield the sword caliber. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> oh, oh, it's like Shin K like, on steroids. <laughs> <It's> like, <yeah. laughs> like, like if you if you do that, like it encompasses like like my my adventurous like like thin nature and my um my very much like night eye nature together right. in, in those two in those two characters. Yeah. But anyway, um. Yeah, so so Excalibur, freaking Excalibur. Yeah, JC gets his sword. Oh, it's just a, like like the nightmare frame in and of itself is kind of forgettable to me. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a very forgettable nightmare frame. You're right. It it, it does not stand out whatsoever. Has a big cross on the back though. Yeah. The yes. It... And then and then all of a sudden and all of a sudden. He has Excalibur. It's like okay. Did, does okay. he wait? Does he pull out Excalibur in this episode? I thought. I he, don't know. I thought he did in episode in take uh, ta- uh Well, he did Taste of Humiliation. He did. Quite frankly, I don't care. I'm talking about Excalibur. That's what I'm talking about. This. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh I'm bending space and time to say that this was in my episode. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you can see you in this episode. You can see it on his back. You can see it. <laughs> yeah, but man, is a scalper cool. But anyway, um, so yeah, so it it was cool just getting introduced to Bismarck in, in these episodes. Uh, but then we uh, we go and we see uh, the beginning of the liberation of Japan happening, and and there's some cool battle moments in this episode. But I think they're probably overshadowed by. 
uh, much cooler battle moments in the next couple episodes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. but anyway, uh, we see that Charles is back all of a sudden, and that creates an immediate issue because, oh, uh, not only is that present danger because of Charles's existence, and that kind of throws a wrench in all of Lelouch's plans. So Lelouch does the only thing he can do. He turns to Suzuk. And he reveals that he is, in fact, Zero. And he needs him to save Nanali. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Those are my hot points. Mm. I love those. That those was are... a good recap. That was a very good recap, short and to the point. Love it. I'm going to add some things. Um, okay. I absolutely enjoyed Colin beating the crap out of Suzaku at the beginning. Oh, I he deserved that. I loved that so much. Oh, my gosh. I was, like, about to grab Bob, uh, like a bag of popcorn. and be like, dang, gum it, Alexander. Get down. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, stay, oh, stay nice. there. Stay there. <laughs> wow. I said, get down. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, number uh, <laughs> a thing I want to add on is, like, Nina being down for Suzaku to just massacre the 11s is so sick. Like, my like bad sick. Nina. Not good sick. It's just, it's disgusting. I mean, she was literally pushing for it. Like, basically, because she's like, basically, just do it. Like, do it. Just do it. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. Lelouch did hit C2 in this episode, and that was so sad, because he said he would never do something like that. And then he goes on and does it. Yeah. yeah. Not the ideal role model. Yeah, pretty bad. But Lelouch did have a quote when they were talking about Hurt. And he was talking to C2, and he said, and the hurt on the inside, how does that heal? Mm. Oh. Man. Man. What a freaking quote there. All right. Curtis, do you have anything to add for that episode? No, I thought that you all summed it up quite nicely. Mm. This is definitely like a... This is like an intermediate episode, like between like a bunch of other crazy stuff going on. Mm. All right, so taste of, the taste of humiliation, episode seventeen. Um, as you guys know, I like my quotes. I like my quotes a lot. I I feel like I've been the same way since the beginning of the Batman, in terms of oh yeah. Like, ever since, like, I'm just a quote person. I just be throwing quotes left and right. There's, like, a time where I think Robin quoted something about the Batman when they were being, when they were trapped, like, him and Batgirl, and I was like, ooh, I like that quote. Mm. Yeah. So it's, like, since the beginning of Batman. So my first quote is, my first hot point is a quote, and is, I think I'll take a chance on you, Suzaku. Ooh. Just, like... Mm. Him trying to, I you can say it's grasping at straws because of all the stuff that he's done, and Suzaku's aware of it. But he's just, he's really trying. He's desperate for anything, and he's just taking a chance on the slight bit of friendship they might have left. As sick and twisted as it might, as you know, or as hard as it might be, you know, like them being friends. He was trying. 
he's really like he got on his knees and he was really trying. Yeah. Um. Next up point is this new guy that was just is just introduced. I don't remember his name, but they call him the Vampire of Britannia. Oh yeah. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Does anybody remember his name? Nope. Nope. Not relevant. No. Oh, and the fact, and I totally agree. He was not relevant, but they tried making him a dynamic piece in this whole story, or at least. Yeah, like in two episodes. Yeah, in like two battles, but they tried making him seem like they called him the nightmare or the vampire of Britannia, as if like we're supposed to know about this person. Where did he come from? Yeah, I was getting Mal vibes from him. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Just like crazy for no reason yeah uh-huh. and, and then his whole saying was like what do people value most and it was he the, said that like seven yeah, times but it wasn't anything it wasn't anything profound it was, just, it was just like he was, was like you'll never guess it you'll never guess yeah, it yeah it was their own Your life own life that was so stupid it's like i freaking got him <laughs> yeah um so it was just like uh no oh, no um Vampire Britannia was kind of a nobody that they kept using, and I'm like, why are you trying to push this character onto us? Are you, like, out of other characters? What is going on? Like, has Suzaku been overused, or what about what about the Knight of One? Like, come on now. Yeah, literally anything else. Yeah, anything else. Um, Alright, so, so Shinkei was, uh, like, or some shade was indirectly casted on Shinkei. Um, because he was leading a group of nightmares and stuff like that in this whole attack, because this is building up for an attack. And Schneisel was just like, this attack is far too weak to be one of Zero's trademark strategies. Oh, um, man. And I was like, okay, we're going to lift up Lelouch as the ultimate strategist, because he is one of the ultimate strategists in the show. But this is Shinkei doing his best here. Come on, now. Don't be casting shade on my guy. Throwing shade on Shinkei. For real. And we had already kind of established in K as almost an equivalent strategist. Yeah, well, at least that's what Zero said, or Lelouch said himself, is that he was as, yeah. like, good of a strategist as him and as great as a warrior as Suzaku. He was, like, the best of both. Mm-hmm. And then we got some absolute shade casted on him. I think, but but um, Schneidzel definitely knows Zero probably better than, like, anybody, so it is Lelouch. Per- perhaps you could say that Shinkei did as well as Lelouch would have done if Lelouch didn't have Geass. Yeah, mm. probably. Probably. I mean, I guess. He was just really casting some shade on my boy. Unnecessary! Alright? That's, uh-huh. that's a foul. Alright? Alright, next point. Uh, Lelouch is taking the blame for anything, everything with, Sh- uh, with Suzaki. Why? Like, what was his whole deal with, like, not explaining anything to Suzaku? I don't remember why he did it. Other than... I think it's foreshadowing the ending of the show. Okay. I thought they that was... I, yeah, I thought that was just as, like, the case. But, like, in that situation, like, us, like, you guys, would you have done the same thing that he did? Oh, heck no. Yeah. Gotta communicate. Yeah. Like, it, you would do everything. Like, if he's just desperate enough to go to Suzaku for help, would he not at least tell him everything? I think his heart was just so broken at this point that he felt like this was his only option. Or did he feel like if he told Suzaku everything, <laughs> Suzaku, bless you. Um, bless me. <laughs> <laughs> Curtis, what? 
what? Who does? Who does that? Oh my gosh, that's new. All right. What? <laughs> JC, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like I don't know many people after they sneeze to just like ask people to bless me, like bless me. <laughs> that was just so you've never heard me say that before. <laughs> no. Uh I mean maybe I have, I just don't remember it. <laughs> that that is that is so wild. Okay. Thank uh you. yes, yes. I I did bless you. I did bless you. I said bless you right as you said bless me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> bless you. Perfect Joshua. synchronicity. That's right. Love that. All right, I also thought it was really interesting Suzaku was talking about forgiveness. He was like, you think I'd really forgive you? As is, his whole story is built on the fact that he doesn't think anybody could forgive him. Like, he wants forgiveness. Come on now. Come on now, Suzaku. Gosh. Is anybody a fan of this guy anymore? Suzaku? Yeah. I mean, I'm so compelled by him. Yeah. I'm not a fan. I think he's got double standards. Double standards. Well, yeah. That's part of his character. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, his yeah, it's part of his character. Okay. I will say that Suzaki's character arc has been surprisingly stagnant this batch. Yes. Is there really any growth? That's fair. No, there's not. But I did feel a lot of the emotion that was going on in this conversation between them two. Like you could you could feel it if you were there, like oh like it was oozing like all the history, the animosity, the tension, the brokenness. You could feel it all. Yeah. It was so intense. But in this moment, Suzaku was played by Schneisel, who is another genius in the mix. And but Lelouch also had a genius play, and this was crazy. The Gios on Guilford came out of nowhere, dude. But they did set it up. They yeah, they did set it up. Crazy. I did not remember that at all, and it was such mm-hmm. a big ploy, like to get him out of custody, because it's like, dang it, Lelouch, how are you gonna get out of this one, Guilford? And they used Princess Cornelia. Yeah, that was wild. To like, because he literally had to anticipate what Guilford would do. Yeah, he did. He stopped that. His loyalty for Cornelia. Loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. Um, and then my last hot point for this was a quote by Schneisel, and. Like, Lelouch totally thought he had the game, or he he thought he was in control. You know, he got Guilford to do what he did, and he went straight towards Schneisel. But Schneisel said, now I'm the one controlling the game. Yeah. I kind of wish we had Schneisel throughout season one. He was a great, like, I would love to see them battle it out. Like, I realize, like, Suzaku, the battle between Lelouch and Suzaku was the main ploy uh, plot of season one. Well, and they had to, like, keep, like, escalating, like, the foes. Because, like, obviously Clovis was weak. Clovis and was, so he got killed. Clovis got was killed taken within, out very early. He got killed within two episodes. Then Cornelia was much more competent of yes. a villain. 
And she rode out the rest of the season. And then, like, they started to introduce Shanizel, like, a little bit through season one to be like, oh, this guy is, like, lurking. Yeah. And in season two, it's like, bam, Shanizel is the business. Yep. I could totally do another season of Lulu versus Shanizel. Oh! Yeah. Yeah. Like, because Schneisel was one of the only ones that could beat him at chess, right? That was the whole yeah, the only one that could beat him at chess. Um, that is all I had for this episode. Anything else? This hmm. was a quality episode. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Great. Great quality. Um... I will say that there was the uh, moment with Colin where she asked Nanali uh, about Lelouch mm. and she kind of comparing the different sides of Lelouch and she's just like, which is the real Lelouch? The loving, caring brother or like the maniac zero crazy warlord? True. And quite the question. Quite the question to ponder. I mean, it's also, it's a question that Suzaku's asked later on, like, who he is. This show is about identity. <clears throat> identity. All right. Now, <laughs> are we ready for episode one, the big boy? Episode 18, I mean. Yeah. All right. Final battle, Tokyo 2. Oh, man. I'm right, glad I picked this episode. My gosh. Oh, man. I picked a banger, boys. I picked an absolute banger. Positively banger. Oh, my goodness. So, here we go. The episode starts out with uh, a lot of things are going on. Um, The Black Knights are attacking the Tokyo Settlement. And Suzaku is choosing not to go out there. Um, not a, Nina is gonna try to pilot this Sir Lancelot. Don't know how that. Good luck with happen. that. Yeah, good luck with that. She's gonna try to do that. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, Suzaku asked her, "Are you prepared to fire the flya or the flya? Uh, more importantly, flya. Sorry, yes, flya. I wrote F L A Y A, so I should have said flya. Uh, more importantly, are you prepared not to fire it?" Basically saying, are you prepared not to be a racist and exterminate the yeah. Japanese? Oof. Nope. She's not ready for that. No. She's like, no. No, I am not. Alright. So, like, I thought that was just a very profound thing to say. Saku, just, like, acknowledging the absolute depths of the decision if you were to fire it in general. So, uh, a lot of this episode, and one of my favorite parts of this episode, we could talk about it more, is, oh my gosh, is this not the best action of this batch? Oh, easy. Oh my easy. gosh, the action's so good. Every bit of it. Even the stupid vampire dude. <laughs> Even the yeah. stupid vampire dude. And yeah, when that, when that dude's not talking, he's wrecking shop. Yes, he is. Yeah. He's a great fighter. You know who's also a great fighter? Orange, orange boy, orange yeah. boy showing up using that, uh, using his special nightmare um thing that he has going on, and he says this: "Take this, the storm of my loyalty." 
Jeremiah, man, coming out with these quotes. Wonderful oh. life. Oh, it's just like the storm of my loyalty. Yeah, it's just like absolutely just taking it. I'm absolutely taking it back. I just did not remember Jeremiah having like these banger quotes like this. The first who who was it? Was it Tristan uh, or not Tristan? Geo or um or was it Suzaku or someone was like so that whole orange thing was true and he's just like yes orange orange the, the color, color of, of my, my loyalty, loyalty. yes. Uh, so good <laughs> so good so good oh my gosh that was that was so great um so like this episode uh there was so much going on all right so we can let's like dissect a little bit of what's going on they're attacking the tokyo settlement but they're not allowed to go inside because they're searching for nanali we have multiple people searching for nanali rolo who is searching for Natalie, but he said this, that once he finds Natalie, he will kill her because he said, I'm the only family you need. Mm. And that, and that is why I hate Lolo. I hate him. Yes, it's why we... <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I, we cannot come across. We can't do the Rolo meter yet until the no, no, like no, your of episode. Of course not. Of course not. But I'm just. I just want to point out that uh, Rolo is, if nothing else, logical. Mm-hmm. Oh, he is. He He's, is. He sees a threat. And like sometimes you got to think about think about the competition. Yeah, he sees a threat. He's taking it out. That's what he was born. It was was created to do. See a threat, take it out. Yep. Disgusting. 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 One shot, one kill. Mm-hmm. Just like the Punisher. <laughs> one batch, two batch. Dude, dude, if there was if there was ever a live action Kogi S movie, John Bernthal, Rolo. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would see that just to laugh at it. Like that's oh my gosh, John Bernthal as Rolo. I, I just want to see John Bernthal be like, Big Brother, you love me, don't you? Big Brother. Big, bro- big Brother. Uh, let's go to this hallway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to prison, Big Brother. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But um, is it, what's her name? Saiko was also, Sayako, yeah, Saiko yeah, also looking for both Colin and then Nanali as well. Part of the gist. Um, she does find Colin. And oh my goodness, before I talk about that, let's just talk about the stakes of this episode because they are felt, all caps. To me, the absolute, everything that was going on in this episode, the search for Nanali and Zero or like Lelouch, like on the cusp of losing it, the battles, everything like this, this was just a wild episode. I don't know, I don't remember what episode I would probably compare this to, in terms of season one, does any episode come to mind for you guys? Like, like this in terms of the intensity? Yeah, the intensity. How much is being felt? All the things that are going on. Like, it's not the Yuffie episode, obviously, because that was like different. Maybe the second time that Lelouch collapsed the settlement. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think well, because that was part of it, right? Because he used an absolute genius method to get into the settlement, where he was just like, "Oh, you thought I was a student here just for show, like all along, right?" Like, Mm -hmm. 
It's like what, and so he literally rigged the entire train system to shut off them, which we had seen prior what she tried doing to Jeremiah. Yeah. We saw a little glimpse of it there. And so, yeah, literally shut down all of the the sixth generation and earlier generation nightmares. So, like, these new nightmares that I guess Lloyd and Rakshada had been working on were not susceptible to such things. Masterful gambit, sir. Also, shout out to those people because at least all three of them worked on the new Giren at separate times. Yeah. It was weird. So, but the Giren, what is it called? Aiton? 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 Satan. 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 S Yeah, it was S-E-I-T-E-N. The Giren Satan is dope! Oh my oh. gosh. JC, no. I, I need a nightmare check, JC. I need a nightmare check. Is this the best nightmare or coolest yes. nightmare? Easily. At this point in the show, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Absolutely. Easily. This thing is so freaking dope. The retractable hand, her flying, oh. her, her wings look super dope too. I don't oh, like the wings. The wings the are claws. so cool. All of it, and she had her own sword too. Her own variation of a sword, and it was great. Yeah, like oh. a little like tube dagger thing. Oh, yes. Cool. Oh yes. Oh, it was so great. Oof, I absolutely loved it, and that's what I wrote down, boys. Colin is my girl. Oh, Colin. I've been saying it since episode one. Colin, the girl of Kogias. So let it be written. So let, let it, it be, be done. done. Yes. We stand for Colin. She is at the number one of this show. Let's freaking go. JC. Why, yes. I mean, before their deaths, where does Colin rank in the mix for you for, like, Euphemia and Shirley and all of them? Like, I I currently have Colin just under Euphemia for my second favorite. So she's your number two? Yeah. Okay. I, I the, At the end of my first watch, way back, I had her at number one at the end. Mm -hmm. We will see if she rises above Euphemia. But I'm not making that choice yet. Okay. We're still having Yuffie at number one as of this moment. All right. And Curtis, she is your number one, right? Oh yeah, lock it up. Yeah. I think I think she is edging for number one for me. Like overall. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love her. I don't like what they do with her outfits though. Gosh. Yeah. Right. That I, sucks. I love her energy. She's aggressive. She's passionate. She's like, you know, she sees something that she wants and she just goes for it. She's willing to ask the hard questions. Like, I mean, there's a question that she asked later in episode 19 that I was like, Duh, oh my gosh, Colin. Come on now. Come on. Play with me like that. Mm. Mm. But there is a moment when the vampire faces Colin. And there and he was just like, what do people what do you like fear the most? Like his whole bit, right? His whole thing, whatever. And he was like death. And he thought he totally had Colin. And she's like, I don't care about what you have to say. 
and while she's literally blowing the dude up with um with her nightmare, she says, "What do you value in life?" <laughs> As she's like roasting, and then she's like, "Send me a postcard." Mm. Come on, Colin. That's some good stuff, Colin. Well, that was the. Uh, that was the last good moment that probably happened in this episode. Oh. Because, uh, yes, oh. yes. Because some things were happening with Suzaku, who happened to be out on the battlefield. And mm. um, it was Colin that was facing him, right? Yes. Yes. Colin was facing Suzaku, and it was getting to the point where he was almost going to die. Yeah, she was about to, like, roast him. She was about to kill him under the orders of Zero. Bad thing is, Zero had Kiosk. And this had came up the episode before this when Suzaku asked him, why did you Kiosk me to live? Because it contradicts my beliefs. Well, they were obviously foreshadowing another moment where Suzaku was going to do something that completely contradicted what he believed and what he stood for once again. Using that nuke to blow... Like, the blast was huge. Yeah. Crazy. And killing, yeah. like, essentially, like, a lot of people. I'll get into the numbers. Yes. I would, yes, I... I would like that when, like, when you do. Um, but it was just, like, it was it was so tragic. And, like, like uh, Zero, when he, or, like, Lelouch, when he realized what was going on or, like, what was happening, he was so ready to be taken. He was like, take me now. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. But his Gias on Guilford saved him. Literally. So his yeah, like that was that was a deciding factor. Yeah. yeah. Poor Guilford going out like that though. Yeah. That's rough. It is, but he went out for the princess, and honestly, that probably was the well, it wasn't the actual princess, but in his eyes, yeah. he thought you know he went out doing something that he probably thought he was going to go out doing, protecting Cornelia. Mm-hmm. So Damn. then the explosion happens. Lots of people die, and we'll get into the numbers real quick. But I just wanted to say, like, one quote Let me speak to Nanali. Mm. Such a good freaking episode. Ah! Oh, my goodness. The just the very thing that was happening, like the very reason he was doing all of this crazy madness. Because when you put all the receipts here, boys, of everything that Lelouch has done for Nanali, it turns out what she's blown up in an explosion because of his geos. Come on, Dang. come on, I would not have the will to live. Fair. It's just, it's, especially if she was confirmed dead. Yes. 
The only person that told us she was dead was good old fashioned Rolo. Nah. Oh. <laughs> All right, JC. Is it time? Yes. Okay. Wait, do we want to give? Okay, do they give the numbers in eighteen? Do they? Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. no they, they give them at the beginning of my episode. 19. Oh, okay. Okay, so let's finish on eighteen, real quick. Just like simmer down for a little bit. Mm hmm. All right. Let's give some thoughts, Curtis. I mean, eighteen was the. It's the climax episode. Of this batch, arguably, I think the like plot-wise, you can argue the next one is more climactic, just from like an overarching standpoint. But from like a major battle, major emotional moment standpoint, like this is the zenith of this batch. Mm -hmm. Really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. All right, JC. What about you? With regards to uh, to uh, Final Battle Tokyo Two, just like any additional thoughts that you have, I think that you summed it up pretty well. the The flare going off was just catastrophically uh, unfortunate and just horrible. Mm -hmm. And this is this has taken, uh, I think, the place of what we saw in Overlord as the most uh, climactic, destructive thing that has happened on Court of Capes history. Ooh. Wait a minute. Oh. It's not It's not offset by the protagonist, but ha has any... Well, I guess, I guess Green Lantern might eclipse this still. I'm trying with to like, think back to Green Lantern. Oh, with Ava! With, with the anti monitor and Ava, yeah, with like oh. the destruction of like a lot, a lot like worlds. Yeah, she was literally obliterating worlds. She didn't yeah. kill anybody. Yes, true. Yes, yeah. She said she intentionally chose ones that had nobody. That's true. Okay, then this is back to my 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 idea, my claim being that this is the worst and the worst tragedy in Court of Capes. Is is there any uh, other thing that could rival this? A nuke mm. going off in a city. Mm. I don't know because it's hard to tell what the body count is compared to like hundreds of thousands. But... Okay, well I can tell you the body count. The body count is ten million dead, twenty-five million presumed dead. Oh, of this? For uh, this, yeah, thirty-five million people. All right, yep, that's that's pretty bad. Yeah, that that <laughs> those were the numbers used in the episode. Yeah, I think I'm with you, JC. Yeah, 35 million people dead. Yeah. That is... That is... I don't even think is, there's that many people in Overlord the entire show. Yeah. <laughs> um, really, like, realistically, uh, that's kind of an unrealistic number. Because the population of New York City is 8.5 million, but you know what? Yeah, but there are, there are sections to the Tokyo settlement. People live on layers. Yeah. That's true. It's like dystopian. True. All right, so, so current, like, hmm. our current Tokyo is 13.96 million. Okay. Okay. So, okay. But it's probably like 
So it'd be about like three times that much, a little less than three times that much. So that almost seems like, it, in terms of scale, though, it doesn't look like 35 million people could possibly be like around that blast. No, it doesn't. Right? It does not look like that at all. So maybe, maybe it is a little too much. Um, but yeah, that's that's wild. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, that that was my main uh, regarding my last final point. Yeah. Oof. I I I think I'm with you. I think that's true. Like I don't I don't think there's like an objective way to talk about it. like we're yeah, talking think, about I numbers. Think, I mean, yeah, it's it's the most tragic thing because yeah. the greatest loss of life. Yeah, yeah. It is. Well, are we on to betrayal? Yes. Let's do it. Okay. So yes. As we were talking about, uh, 35 million people were destroyed, including all of the Tokyo settlement. But this was mainly Britannian people that were destroyed? Yes. Right. right yes. Right. Yes. Like, in terms of, like, area, even though this is, like, Japan is Area 11, the Tokyo settlement was mostly Britannian people. Right. Because the... It wasn't the the actual like. Well, no, no, was... no, no, because remember Nina was just like, Nina was talking about like, uh, encouraging Suzaku to use it because she was just like, you don't attribute yourself to be an eleven True. anymore. I mean, there were definitely elevens living underneath it. So. Yeah, so like, but, she was totally but, yeah, but she was expecting him to use it in another part of the battlefield further away from the settlement. Because her whole thing in this episode was she was saying, why did he use it there? Yeah, true, 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 yeah. Why would he use it here? Yeah, so... You know, that type of thing. So he used it in the wrong part of town, essentially. It was mostly Britannians. Yeah, that that was what I thought. Because, yeah, the the ghettos for the 11s were elsewhere. Because when I was looking at the blast, like, it was all the developed parts that were destroyed. Yeah, You can kind of tell. And then there were, like, the, the smaller, like, city you know, bad-looking parts that were still existing on the map, so... It just missed the, uh... Cool. School, though. Yeah. Funny how that worked out. <laughs> Always seems to be the case. Gotta I mean, school. which is a good thing. I mean, come on now. I mean, if some good can come of... I mean, I don't even yep. I don't even know. And Millie just happened to be out of the blast radius. Good for yes. Oh, man. How convenient. But, um, yeah. So, after the dust settled, Lelouch, at this point, had fully lost his composure. And his rational side was gone. And he was ordering Toto to uh, not retreat and to continue to look for Nanali which made absolutely zero tactical sense. And and he was just trying to his hardest to get the Black Knights to search for Nanali. He was not caring about the fact that any of them were injured. He, in fact, said so very verbally. Your injuries do not matter to me at all, basically. You are going to find Nanali. And Toto was not having it. Uh, Jeremiah was not having it. Jeremiah basically put him in a hold, and he was like, Hush, my prince. We're going to go lie down. It's going to be fine. 
Yeah. <laughs> basically, like, he was basically saying, like, the safest place you could be because, like, you know. Him, exactly. him and Rolo did that together. Yeah. Yep. 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 Thank you. I, I try to forget about Rolo actively, but yes, <laughs> that, that did happen. Um, so it, it was quite a lot. So this was the first act of rebellion against Lelouch. But we've seen that after the initial massacre of the Geoff uh, settlement, that some of the Black Knights were starting to have their doubts, and they were even coming to Detard and saying, uh, this guy's just massacred children. We should probably be very skeptical about his leadership. And up to this point, Detard was like, eh, whatever. I have full faith in Zero. He is our guy. I'm, I'm a little confused. Uh, because, like, how at this point, I think it was this point, like, they obviously were confused, um, but the blast happened. How did they just attribute to Zero automatically? I don't think they did. What are you talking about? Because you, was... were sa you were saying, like, at first, it's like, um, like, oh, this doesn't seem like Zero. Like, they attributed the blast to Zero almost initially. No, no. They, they knew that it was Britannia. But that zero had caused the well, the, like the they flayer? knew that zero. Yes, okay. So zero, they did find out that zero was withholding the information that he knew about it later on. Zero didn't know about the flare. What are you talking about? But they thought that he did. I think that was yeah. That that was um, Schneisel fudging it a little bit. Because like we 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 at least weren't told that yes, Blue knew about it, right. Okay. Belouche seemed quite caught off guard by it, actually. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that was just them lying. Okay. I just thought that some people were attributing it to Lelouch. Well, but that might have been Schneisel lying about it. Yeah. I guess that was he was lying to some Britannians. I know someone was saying that Lelouch did it, and I'm like, who in the world did people were there? Like, we saw. Suzaku is the one who did. Right. Yeah. Um, so the Black Knights uh, had started to defy Zero a little bit there. Uh, then we see a reunion between Colin and Lelouch. And Colin has to get caught up on what had happened to uh, C2. Because she had been obviously captured while she lost her memory. But anyway, uh, Schneisel makes his move. He makes his big move. He ha has a ship that's armed with the Flea, and he just kind of lands and immediately seeks audience with the members of the uh, Black Knights. And boy, did he bring some news, because he literally lays all the cards on the table and tells them who Zero is. And just a shocking display of brazen power from Schneisel. Mm. And just a boss move in general. Like, he... He just obliterated. Lelouch. I'm starting to think JC might be rooting Schneisel on more than Lelouch. Oh, absolutely. Is is, is Schneisel the secret protagonist? What? Uh, hmm. He does We're playing always... fast and loose with that term now. Oh, I mean, he does always <laughs> seem to at least be a step ahead of Zero. He's he is the hero of my heart. Let's just say that. Okay. Typhus. <laughs> <laughs> so so Schneisel is just 
is just doing great things here. Uh, being a great antagonist to Lelouch, great uh, protagonist in my heart, and uh, he is just doing the absolute worst-case scenario for Lelouch. And Lelouch has no idea, because he's just, you know, catching up with Colin. He had no idea any of this was happening. And then all of a sudden, you know, Colin's asked to bring Lelouch to this one room. He does. He thinks nothing of it. And uh, this was basically the intervention. Where the... they're saying, Lelouch is over. The intervention. The, the intervention. They're not having it from Lelouch anymore. They are addressing the elephant in the room. Mm. The fact that uh, he had basically betrayed them all along because he is not uh, Japanese. And like, guess what, Lelouch? You're wet. <laughs> exactly. And Ogi was the deciding factor in believing Schneisel and uh, defying Detard's ple- like ardent pleas that, no, we have to uh, trust Zero. But Ogi's like, nope. Uh, he's used Gios. I've seen it. We have Valletta to prove it. And we're just going to go against Zero now. And they all just kind of agree. So Lelouch has seconds to think about how he's going to deal with this imminent threat from the Black Knights, and he freezes. He freezes real hard. He had absolutely nothing. Schneisel had beaten him. Mm-hmm. And he asked, Yeah. Colin asked him, what do I mean to you, Lelouch? Mm-hmm. And, and that did not go well. <laughs> He lies once again and says that everyone was his pawns as he finally unmasked himself to the Black Knights and that she was one of his most useful pawns. So she leaves his side and he tells her to keep living. But Lucius fired upon by his own Black Knights. Yep. But saved by Rolo. Rolo. <laughs> JC, man, how'd you how'd you feel about that, JC? <laughs> we'll get there. Anyway, <laughs> Rolo continues to save Lelouch by maxing out his Geos powers by stopping his heart constantly. Oh, wasn't a sick sequence of events right here. It was Rolo. Impressive as frick. Give the man or small child his flowers. Eh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Come on. Come on. Even if there's some shamrocks. Come on now. Come on. <laughs> the little dandelions that you can blow. Like, whatever. You know. You know. <laughs> Give him his flowers. Mm, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, Rolo was successful in, just, in escaping with Lelouch and destroying a lot of the Britannian military that was in the area. He was quite successful in that. But at the cost of his life, because his heart was giving out and Lelouch was pleading with Rolo. Uh, in a rare moment of, of genuine concern for Lelouch, especially for Rolo, of all people, uh, almost seemed out of character to me <laughs> in that moment. Uh, 
uh, trying to get him to not kill himself. Uh, but in fact, he did. And while Rolo is dying, he is having this heart-to-heart moment, and Lelouch was like, why did you do this for me? Heart and he's just like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Rolo's only response is that, you know, even if their whole relationship was a trade, it felt real to him, and that's what matters. And he was able to choose to do this out of his own free will, and he felt good about it. And deep down, he believed that Lelouch was lying when he said that he hated him and that he was trying to kill him constantly. And Lelouch was just like, yes, that is right. I am a liar. Mm. And 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 the best part is that he says that right after saying, "Yes, you are my brother." Oof. Oh yeah, and I'm a liar. You're right. <laughs> JC, stop. JC, stop. I come on, man. The, the, the poor boy is dying. All right. Oh, I, I love. I love the subtle shade that Lelouch is throwing. Oh my goodness. I picked up on it. <laughs> He's like, "You're right. Your big brother is just a liar." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, so I was like, oh, there's the Lelouch I like. He doesn't care about Rolo. <laughs> he doesn't care about anybody. Uh, that's not true. Seemingly so. That's not true. He has closed his heart, and he is at one with the darkness. The darkness. <laughs> but he shall open it in another time. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... I was I was quite happy to be uh, done with this Rolo character. What about you guys? JC! JC, that's so mad. Oh, come on, man. Come on. Josh, you sound a little prolo for Rolo right now. <laughs> nah, nah. It's, it's just that the scene was really sad. Like, it really was. Like, Rolo... Or, like, Lelouch is, like, begging him, I don't want to live anymore. I don't want to live anymore. Like, please stop. Because Lelouch has, like, lost all reason to live because he believes that, like, Nonely has died. Because Rolo told him. But, like, it, on my, like, the first watch, it's just like, bro, Rolo's telling you that Nonely's dead. Are you, like, not suspicious at all? But, mm-hmm. you know, come on now. But also, also, you can blame, you can be mad at Rolo for planning to kill Nonely, or you can be mad at Lelouch for sending him to get Nonely in the first place when he clearly should not have trusted him. Yes, that's true. That's true. But it was so so sad that he was just like, Lelouch was like, I don't want to live anymore. And then Rolo's like literally putting his life on the line for Lelouch to continue to live longer. And then there was that whole, like, little heart-to-heart moment, I guess, between Rolo and Lucia. It's just sad. And I feel like they did... I feel like they did good. I mean, JC probably would have loved Rolo to just completely get slaughtered on the battlefield from something, or or not only to be the one to take him out somehow. I don't know how that would have happened. But... <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, not only just gets out of a wheelchair. Yeah, not like, just stands up and just... Yeah, just a sword right through its chest, you know. 
not only just rolls over Rolo. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's exactly how JC probably dreams about it going down. But I felt like the scene was pretty sad. No, it was a it was a fitting end for Rolo because he finally proved that he was useful for Lelouch, and at least he could be useful before proverbially being thrown away. Wow. Yep. Yep. <laughs> JC. I am digging my heels in <laughs> on this whole thing. Some oh, of what I'm man. saying is true. Some of it has to be taken with a grain of salt. JC's oh. like the temporary darkness correspondent right here. JC like... cannot be trusted with his Rolo takes. His <laughs> false Rolo takes. Uh, but I... Like <laughs> Alright, JC. I, I am digging my heels in and I will say nothing to the otherwise. Hmm. Do you have any more hot points on this episode? Okay, let's see here. What do I have? Um, the Ragnarok connection. Charles is coming back to destroy the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that did happen in this episode. Yep. And I love how mm-hmm. Charles is just like, Charles is like, Charles, 35 million people just died in Japan. And he's just like, leave the trivial matters to Schneisel. Oh, goodness. 35 million of his citizens slash subjects were, were all just, like, massacred. And yep. he's like, trivial. <laughs> yeah, cares? basically. Um, and it was and interesting that how... not ethical leadership. No. It... No! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You, you have you notice, Curtis. <laughs> I did notice. I do notice these things. Yes, may the big red flag fly. Um, it was interesting how like um, Schneisel was talking about Charles too. Like even though people were about to die, Char- Schneisel was just like he would never show up here. He would never like, just like you know, basically stoop down to matters like this. They were at an understanding of who Charles was. Yeah, he knows his pops. Yeah, he knows his daddy. Man, how many kids does he have anyways? Was it 12? A lot of kids. Because the loose was the 11th, right? Yep. Not only is presumably his youngest. Yeah. Well, 11 princes. I mean, what about... Hmm... Oh, it was just eleventh child. Was Lush his eleventh child? How old is Big Daddy C anyways? Goodness. Cause mm-hmm. cause 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 technically, alright, so if he's like double our age, right? So he's like fifty. The man looks like he's way older than fifty, right? Oh, he looks like seventy five. Yeah. So I mean, with the whole like Gios thing and everything like that, is he a lot older than he lets on? Like like a lot mm. older? But Dios doesn't give you the ability to live longer, just in and of itself. No, nope. it, no, it doesn't. But he's been living in that whole world thing or whatever, where he had Lelouch. The sword of Akasha? Yeah. I mean, there's got to be something, right? And V2's got to be like... And it seems like they've known each other for a while, so... I don't know. How old is Big Daddy C? 
How many kids Charles does too. he really have? <laughs> All right. These are good questions. All right, so yeah, he said the old world shall be destroyed, and basically, so basically, the Charles is the high evolutionary. That's the way it is. Straight up. Yep. Seems like it. Um, and let's mention that Suzaku also was left laughing as well. Ooh, just like Lelouch at the end of the last Battle of Tokyo. Yes. Parallels. Mm-hmm. Don't look up. Don't look up, Curtis. Don't look up. Don't look up at the sky. Alright, <clears throat> so, um... Alright, I, I hear all this Rolo slander, and, uh... Clearly, I mean, everybody knows what the right side of history is. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Clearly. All right. We obviously all are truly YOLO for Rolo. Some of us just haven't accepted it in our hearts yet. Let me tell you a little story. Let me tell you a little story. You see, Rolo, Rolo was up against it, right? He was facing the Boston Celtics. Oh the team, the team is more talented, more stacked than the Black Knights, right? But Rolo, or should I say, Jimmy Rolo Butler. Tore through that team. <laughs> despite not believing. Despite. He didn't believe himself he could get it done. But he unlocked that dog. And the buckets fell the way they did. And game one was won by the Black Knights. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Amen. Because the boy built different. Let's just, let's just face it. <laughs> JC, how'd you feel about that? Um, I think I've already said my piece about Rolo. Mm. I stand by it. Josh, are you Prolo for Rolo? Uh, <laughs> choose wisely. Remember, Shirley. Boy's a good character. Uh, well, yeah, okay, okay. I prolo the writers of putting in a character that causes some compelling narrative. There you go. But I'm That's not... all it takes to be prolo. <laughs> Your definition <laughs> of prolo is quite, quite broad. I love that. <laughs> oh, gosh. I am currently almost done with my rankings, boys. Me too. I'm just trying to decide between two of them. Yeah. Ooh, perhaps they are the top two. Oh, no. Top two is set for me. Exactly the bottom two I'm trying to decide. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Are we ready to rank? Bottom two is tough. Goodness. Curtis. Would yeah. you like to go first on the rankings? Let's do it. Yep. Alright, uh, at the bottom I have the United Federation of Nations resolution number one. Because I feel like the least amount of stuff happened in that episode. Wasn't a bad episode. I thought this batch overall was incredibly compelling all the way through. But long live Japan. Long, long live Japan. Long live Japan. 
but but C two ate pizza. Yeah. She did eat pizza, and that and, was correct. And the hurt on the inside. How does that feel? You know. I mean, no. at worst, this episode's like an eight point five out of ten. No, so it's, it's still pretty so good. True, it's so true. Yeah. Um, number five, the Seas World. You know, it was pretty good. Uh, we got some uh, some Lelouch v. Charles action. Yeah. Was not necessarily resolved though. Ch- Charles just kind of like is chilling there. Um, then number four, Taste of Humiliation. Number three, Geass Hunt. Number two, Final Battle, Tokyo 2. Oh! And number one, number one, Betrayal. Mm. That Rolo scene at the end had me misty-eyed. Oh! I love, I love the, uh, I love the uh, angle of the Black Knights betraying Zero. Because, like, that's still, like, it's not shocking, but it's like, it's a shock to the system every time I see it. Where it's like, man, like they—he's built up so much, and just it's all brought crumbling down in like five minutes. Crazy. So mm. yeah, that felt like a seismic shift for the entire series. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. All right, I can go next. Sure. All right, even though I was saying stuff, the number six, the United Federations of Nations, number one, was my, uh, yeah, number six. Uh, Seas World at number five. Gios Hunt at number four, actually. The Taste of Humiliation at number three. Betrayal at number two. And Final Battle Tokyo 2 at number one. Josh, we have so much similar lists. Oh, where where did we go wrong? Where did I go wrong? Oh, oh no, you're on the right side of history. My list should be your list. <laughs> <laughs> it should be, but but what? I'm gonna I'm gonna dig my heels in more. That is what you are good at on this podcast. Yes. Wait, are you dropping betrayal to three? Please don't tell me you're dropping it. No, no, I'm not that. I'm not that crazy. <laughs> we can only have so much chaos. <laughs> There's a cap to the chaos. There's yeah. a cap. But nevertheless, I'm going to introduce some chaos. All right. Okay. Starting at the bottom, we have Seas World. Oh, okay. Then we have Giasans. Whoa. Then at number he four. Really hated those two episodes. I didn't hate anything. <laughs> number four, I have the United Federation of Nations resolution number one. Man, you really like that episode. Huh? It was a very JC episode, I guess. It, it was just the fact that he established the United Federation of Nations to sit up higher. Yeah, but it came <laughs> out of nowhere. It did, but I love the fact that Lelouch played world politics to that degree. And just the fact that that happened makes me very happy. Okay. And just from that one fact alone makes me rank the episode yeah. highly. I mean, I was feeling the whole Long Live Japan thing. Like, I was feeling that. Like, let's freaking go. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. I just feel like we needed another episode before it. It's so true. It's so true. But anyway, at number three, Taste of Humiliation. Number two, Betrayal. Number one, Final Battle Tokyo 2. Oh, man. 
That was literally just the placement of that one episode. Yeah, never... just the placement of that one episode. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> oh, man. But overall, great list. And Curtis, you were right. We all, we, you, we had different um, number ones than you did. It is what it is. It is what it is. I am so ready to draft some episodes. Oh, I think we're doing it. I'm Let's so, make it happen. I'm so ready. Because <laughs> guess who has first pick? <laughs> Not Curtis. Garbage. Hey, why we gotta attack me? This guy right here. Oh, man. I've been through the thick and thin when it comes to drafts. All right? I picked a great episode this time. I gotta admit, I really did. Snuck one out with that one. Um, But... I mean, the Transformers picks. <laughs> Curtis, do you remember? Do you remember how JC just rough. absolutely slided me almost any time he could? attacked you. <laughs> but the funniest thing was, I thought I was, like, actually going to make you happy. Yeah, you really thought. You're like, Josh is going to love this element and this character so much. Uh, first episode I show up, I hate that and I hate this. There's my least favorite parts. Oh my gosh! And then hilarious. I was set on that on that. And then there were times like where I would I would not like something later on, and then JC would still somehow pack me with those <laughs> that stuff. Oh my gosh! But but I I picked all the episodes in one night, and yes. I never changed them around later. Never changed them around. Wild! And it's it's just absolutely insane that JC JC hates me. That that one day you must have done something really bad to me. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> but we are reviewing the last batch of Code Geass, my guys. And this last batch of episodes is going to be absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a bop. It's gonna be crazy. Absolutely crazy. Curtis, do you have the titles of the episodes available? I got him. All right. All right so, here. starting at episode 21. No, tw- Emperor. 20. 20. Oh, 20. Whatever. Emperor dismissed. Mm. Okay. The Ragnarok connection. Ooh. That's an interesting title. Emperor Lelouch. Oh. Schneisel's Guys. The Grip of Danacles. And in the last episode, simply. R-E. Re. All right. So I think we know what episode I am picking. Uh, the Ragnarok Connection. <laughs> no good, sir. Funny, 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 funny. <laughs> I shall simply take the series finale. <laughs> Re. Saw that one coming. Yeah, but I mean, come on. Come on. I'm excited to talk all these episodes with you guys when we do. Mm-hmm. Some wild stuff. Mm-hmm. Curtis, right. you're next. I will be selecting Emperor Lelouch. Ah, ah yes. Yes, that makes sense. JC, please don't. I'll take Schneisel's guys. Ah, oh, there you go, JC. Yes. Uh, but Schne- also- Schneisel's in the title. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> 
I shall go with the grip of Damocles. Yep. I will take the Ragnarok connection. Solid. That would have been my other pick. So that leaves me with Emperor Dismissed. Very good. Very, very good. All right. Man, we're about to finish. Yes. Yes, and then I shall make presentations to you boys of the two the two shows. That's the next episode, Josh. Yes, it is. I'm gonna write those. I'm gonna write those um presentations, and we're gonna. I think you boys are gonna love what I have to present. Oh, I'm excited. (laughs) All right. Well, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, that was our thoughts on. Code Geass, Season 2, Episodes 14 through 19. Lots of stuff goes down. And I had a lot of fun watching it and a lot of fun discussing it with you boys. But it is 11.45 p.m. We're a little tired out here. A little tired, but I'm still very awake. Really, No matter how you thought I was at the beginning of this episode. I am awake. Not convinced. (laughs) All right. Okay. Um... (laughs) Before we go, um, this is The Court of Capes, um, a podcast um, where your favorite judges discuss, rate, and rank heroes. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor Podcast, Google Podcasts, and some stuff on YouTube as well. Boys, some parting words for the jury. JC. Um... Even if you want to live really bad, try not, like, committing genocide, because that'd be cool if you didn't do that. I want to live! <laughs> there's, some, there's, some, there's some profound words, JC. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Curtis. I think I'm going to get a Rolo tattoo. Ooh. It's going to be a picture of uh, Rolo. It's going to have little angel wings. It's going to say R.I.P. Oh my god! Yeah. I'm gonna get a yeah. shirt that says YOLO for Rolo, but the yes. but the font is going to be of the Rolo, like the chocolate candy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there'll be a little picture of Rolo, and he's gonna be yoked. Oh, whoa! Freaking Jack! Oh my gosh! Can YOLO Rolo lovers? Okay, this is interesting. Um, so. I'm going to leave off with a quote as well by Colin. Mm. And this is I something I'm asking the general audience. I think as the court, I will ask for us. What do I or we mean to you? Something to think about. Peace out, everybody.